got a special edition four-hour rush today. Teddy Lehman of Parker Thune. How about that? Four hours for you. I don't know if I can make it. Um, I'm fresh off a, air quotes, vacation that was anything but. Oh, really? So, so we're in exactly the same boat here because oh. I just got back from Vegas at approximately 8.30 a.m. this morning. Really? After a 17-hour drive. So that was as grueling a road trip experience mm. as I have ever endured. But, yeah, it well, sounds like – look, I'm running on fumes today. I ain't even going to lie. Sounds like you are too. So we got four hours to power through. Fortunately, OU Athletics has given us a lot to talk about over the weekend. OU Athletics has given us all kinds of things to talk about. Um, gosh, the first thing I'm thinking about, OU won the the College World Series in what, 94? 94. Were you even born yet? No, I was not. As a matter of fact, oh, my dad was in college. He was like a <laughs> sophomore or junior at OU at that point. Oh. I have I went back and watched the I think it was games because I think they swept that series against Georgia Tech, if I'm not mistaken. It might have gone three games. But the final series against Georgia Tech, I have a screenshot saved on my phone. And I happened to notice him sitting in the background as oh, they're nice. like taking shots of the Georgia Tech pitcher warming up before the game. But that's how long ago that was. Wow. Teddy, that was five years before I existed. Wow. That's just, that's brutal. That makes me feel ancient, but it was a long time ago. And, you know, I can't, I can't handicap these things. I have no idea. What I know is, they're hot, and in baseball, being hot matters, and they've got a ton of confidence walking to the plate. The pitchers are trusting the defense. Uh, pitchers are throwing well. They're they're playing team baseball, and they're tough to beat right now. And if you keep that going, who knows what could happen? Well, and here's what else is noteworthy, Teddy. The team that everybody was handing the national championship uh, no to doubt. a week ago is no longer in the field. Tennessee lost their Super Regional in three games to Notre Dame. So, you had the juggernaut of college baseball, the team that many experts, people who are far more invested and far more knowledgeable in college baseball than I am, some were calling this the greatest college baseball team of all time. Yeah, they're not even going like to Omaha. Fifty-five games or something crazy like that. They weren't they like fifty-five and seven. Yeah, they'd lost like seven games all it's year. Crazy. Yeah, um, you know, I was one of those people. Now, no one cares what I have to say about baseball, but I had already penciled in that hey, it would be cool to go to the World Series in Omaha. But Tennessee's going to win the whole thing. Well, hey, all of a sudden. You know, and it's not just Oklahoma. Everyone going into this thing is going to feel like, hey, we got a we got a uh, realistic shot at winning this. And you know, I I would the Texas A and M draw is I would love to beat A and M. There's nothing better than that. But the kind of frustrating point of it is is they are playing really really good right now as well. They are. They're one of the red hot teams out there, and I guess everyone at this point is is playing good baseball and is and is hot. But um, going to be a tough tough game one. But looking forward to it, man. It, it's been fun to watch. This team is is a lot of fun. And every time they get punched in the face, they punch back even harder. And you saw that over the weekend when they got clobbered on Saturday. Virginia well, Tech just poured it on offensively. The bats were on fire. I'll and go then, back to the to the regional against Florida, 
whenever they lost the first game against Florida, they looked horrible. <laughs> that was a that was a very poorly played baseball game by Oklahoma and it was it was so bad that I was I was, you know, we were watching it in the in the hotel and I was like, "Man, that might like ruin all the confidence and, and all the momentum that they've had. Uh, you know, defense was bad, couldn't hit. It was, I know it was frustrating for those guys, but they put that aside, uh, rain delay, all of that stuff, and they just bounced back and, and whooped up on Florida. So, yeah, you're right. They, they bounced back really nicely. It's the same thing. Virginia Tech playing in their house. Um, maybe the cockiest team I've ever seen <laughs> besides Tennessee. And um, they shut them up in their own place. That was awesome to watch. And you know, Teddy, another thing to keep in mind here, we've talked a lot about the power imbalance across collegiate athletics, especially in the sport of football with regard to the SEC versus everyone else, right? Kind of obfuscated in that whole conversation has been the way that power is going to shift even further. And you're going to see that chasm widen even further and all the other sports as well, because when you look at the field for Super Regionals in college baseball this year, seven of the eight Super Regionals included a new SEC team. I'm throwing Oklahoma and Texas mm-hmm. in the mix here. Five of those six teams have advanced, or five of those seven teams have advanced. The only one that hasn't is Tennessee, and Auburn has a chance to punch their ticket tonight. Yeah. So we could see as many as six SEC teams at it's the wild. CWS. It's wild. Um Man, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm uh, I'm thrilled that they that they made it, and they were back up there for. They had a baseball camp today, and players and coaches were already back out there uh, with the baseball camp. My son was out there this morning, out there in the heat, and they got back on the bird, got here, and uh, they're in camp, which is you know interesting that they've got camp going on right now. Uh, does is that? Telling us that they didn't expect to be here. And look, I wasn't going to say it, but <laughs> since you did, look at the end of the day, eight teams go to Omaha every single year. This team hadn't been to Omaha since 2010. They entered this season with very modest expectations. I don't want to say low expectations because they were projected to be middle of the road in the Big 12, but very, very modest expectations for this OU baseball team in the year of our Lord 2022. And lo and behold, on a day where they probably imagined they would be free if they were being honest with themselves, they're yeah. hosting a camp four days before they got to play their opener in Omaha. No big deal. It's only uh, 150 degrees outside right now. So tell me, what was going on in Vegas? So uh, overtime, have you heard of overtime? Yeah, it's whenever the score is typically tied and at the end of regulation and you push it into yes, either that, extra that, that would be or- That would be the dictionary definition. Uh, So it's Cam Newton's brand. I'm not exactly what his vision for this brand is. I'm not exactly sure what what he's trying to accomplish. I haven't really dug that deep into it. I just know. Let me guess. It's a bunch of like um, like hair. I don't even know what you call them. What are those things that he, what are those things he wraps his head in? I don't know, dude. But I tell you what. Is that way (laughs) the way he was wearing them over the weekend? They were like bent forwards or like <laughs> cocked forwards over the top of his head like a like a rooster almost. <laughs> and he was wearing a hoodie on top of it. So the hoodie, as you can imagine, extended like eight inches above his head because that's how tall wow. these rooster curls are. That's I, awesome. I, I, I don't know what that hairstyle is. I've never been able to define it. It's but. amazing. Uh, 
I'm glad that he's got a, a brand, and I'm, I'm guessing it's clothing, but I can't think of anyone out there in all of professional sports that the rest of America wants to look like less <laughs> than Cam Newton. <laughs> Right? <laughs> is he one of the guys? You're not lying. He's a, he's a very interesting character. But his brand, basically, for the first time, he decided to organize this gigantic 7-on-7 seven seven tournament. And, of course, 7-on-7 seven seven has exploded in recent years because it's a good way. I'll be honest with you, Teddy. More than anything else, it's a good way for skill position players mm-hmm. to get to do things that they would never get to do on an actual gridiron and go viral on social media. Right. But... It is a cool opportunity to see some of the best high school players, especially some of the best high school skill position players in the country, compete. So uh, it was a very well-organized event. I will give that to Cam and his team. It was easily the deepest in terms of talent that I've ever attended. So definitely worth the trip. But you talk about heat, man. Yeah. That Vegas heat, that hits you like a ton of bricks because it's just like, it's like you're existing in an oven. Yes. It's like you open the oven door and then just leave it open for hours. It's weird, though. So, you know, I played football out there for several years. Yes. And it's it's weird. The only way I can explain it is when you sweat here, it doesn't work like it's intended to work. <laughs> because it's typically so humid that it just like pours off of you, right? Sure. But out there you're you're burning up and you feel like you're not sweating, but it's so dry that it evaporates on you. Exactly. Uh, and it gives the co- actual cooling effect, but you're left with salt all over your clothes, all over your body and you don't even feel like you were even sweating. It's 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 strange. No, it's a weird sensation and yeah. I experienced that. And what was weirder all the more was I'm not even exercising out there, Teddy. I'm just standing there on the sidelines. So I'm not even doing anything strenuous. But I am putting down water bottle after water bottle. And, like, no matter how much I drink, it's not enough. Yeah. In 10 minutes, I am ravenously thirsty again. So you drove out to Vegas and then back? Yes. So Did it cost $10,000? More or less. <laughs> yes. Dude, you think gas prices in Oklahoma are bad? Wait till you get out west. Well, especially, but. I've made that drive several times, and, you know, the last the last several hundred miles of that drive, depending on what time of day it is, like, you're not sure if you're going to hit a gas station or not. It no. just turns into nothingness, and... I'm sure they're jabbing you a little bit since there's not another gas station within 100 miles, so I can imagine it was brutal. It is it is desolate out there. I will say, I-40 runs through Flagstaff, Arizona. Yeah. Flagstaff is one cool. place it's where awesome. it is awesome, and the heat there, for whatever reason... It's nice. It's, just, it's beautiful. Like We got there for dinner on, what would that have been, Thursday night? Yeah, Thursday night, and we're still about four hours out from Vegas. But we get out of the car, man, and the thermometer says 90 degrees. I don't know if you could have convinced me that it was 70 degrees. It was beautiful. I drove Balmy. I drove to Las Vegas. So I was in I was in training camp with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Didn't make it. So drove my all my stuff from Jacksonville to Oklahoma to Norman. And then the next day, I drove from Norman to Las Vegas. 
One and shot? One shot. Well, no, I stopped, slept, and then left the next morning. Okay. Um, but so this is this is right after is right before the NFL season started. So let's say it was like September like September one ish. I'm with you. I drove through Flagstaff, drove through a snowstorm in Flagstaff, <laughs> and got to Vegas and had a practice in like 110 degree heat the next day. <laughs> That's how weird that was. Interesting. Yeah, dude, Vegas is different. It is a different place. Did you like Vegas when you lived there? Yeah. Yeah. It's once you once you get over the initial hey, it's Vegas and you treat it like it's a vacation spot and you live there and it turns into a normal city, it's pretty much like anywhere else. But you have to get over that initial like you know, you can go out until 8 a.m. if you want to, and there's always going to be something to do. Once you get over that phase, uh, and some people never get over that phase, but it's just like anything else. I will say, Allegiant Stadium, I know the jokes get made. I haven't been out there since that stadium has been built. I know the jokes get made about it looking like a Roomba, but (laughs) it is. I hadn't heard that. That's funny. (laughs) It is a fantastic work of architecture, and if I'm UNLV and I get to play football there, as a middling group of five school, that's literally my own recru- my only recruiting oh, pitch. Is look, come play in Vegas, play at Allegiant Stadium. We'll figure everything else out when you get here. Which is crazy because UNLV used to play uh, the campus, like their football facility, is right off of the Strip, and it's like kind of down by the Stratosphere. Uh huh. And we practiced there a couple of times, but they practice there and they play all the way. Across the entire town out at Sam Boyd Stadium, which is in the middle of, like, I mean, it's kind of like in a neighborhood, but you do not get the Vegas feel out at Sam Boyd Stadium unless they're having a monster truck rally. That's the only way you get the, get the feel. You'd seriously never heard Allegiant Stadium called the Roomba? No. No, oh, dude. Yeah, the second the second that thing was completed, that was the biggest meme on great. NFL Twitter. That's great. I feel like every stadium now that's completed is ridiculed endlessly uh, whenever it first opens up. Like like the Rangers' new park where it looked like a metal barn or something. Yeah. And, well, it's because everybody's trying to do the most with these stadiums these days. Well, like, Okay, SoFi Stadium is majestic, but it is a very unique design. Very all, unique. <laughs> all I think of when I think of SoFi is – Whenever they delayed, had a weather delay indoors, and whenever they were telling John Gruden, he had his eyebrow up and was looking up, and he's like, <laughs> aren't we inside? It was hilarious. That's all I could think of is, is whenever – was that their first game? Yes, it was. Oh, that's I can't remember why they had that delay. It was lightning yes. outside, and I guess they've got, like, open ends or something, but no, that was pretty funny. All right, well, let's hit an opening timeout. On the other side, we can either get to some text messages, we can talk about some recruiting stuff that's gone on, um, because we've got plenty to get into. I haven't even uh, been able to comment yet on OU softball winning another national championship. That's right. That's how long I've been out, so plenty of stuff. Keep the text line coming. 651-3439. We'll be back. That's what's up, Teddy Lehman. 
Was I'm that, going no, home this from weekend. There. Are you from Omaha? I'm from there. That's yes, okay. Indeed. How about that? That's going to be awesome. I haven't covered the College World Series since 2019 when I interned at a TV station up there. The College World Series is awesome. Have you ever done it before? Never. Really? I'll tell you what's funny, though. And I told, I sent uh, the T Row in the morning show this text message today. <laughs> I played in the last game at Rosenblatt and the first game at TD Ameritrade. Okay, so I knew you played. I knew you played in the last game at Rosenblatt. I didn't realize you played in the first game at TD Ameritrade. First game at TD Ameritrade, which is a really cool venue. Place what, is awesome. What was the first game? Because I know the last game at Rosenblatt was like the UFL Championship, right? Right, and then I think the first game. I think we were just playing the Omaha Nighthawks. Okay, I didn't realize they played there. Yep, yep, yep. Interesting. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um. The last it, time Oklahoma was there, as a matter of fact, was the last year that the College World Series was held at Rosenblatt, which was 2010. Yeah. Which I would have been 11 then. But, yeah, see. Stop telling me how old you were whenever <laughs> some of these things took place, okay? Dude, it's just like, I and I understand you probably feel a lot yeah, older than I do. You're like, but, last time I've been to the uh, College World Series was all the way back in 2019. <laughs> no, because, you know, the reason I bring that up is because I was like, at that point, I was thinking to myself, I wonder when I will have a reason to cover the College World Series again. Well, it's all relative, right? You know, your book is only this thick right now. So whenever you go back three years, you know, it seems significant. Whenever your book gets really big <laughs> and you go back three years, it's like, you you know, you're, you're still in the same chapter, right? You haven't even gone anywhere. So, um, no, it's, it's going to be really cool. I I actually Omaha's a really cool town. It's got some it's got some cool stuff. The downtown is uh pretty vibrant and you know this is it's been a decade since I've been there. Mm-hmm. But even then it was it was super clean and it looked everything looked brand new like they'd gone through uh a renaissance so to speak and and maybe started moving some different things downtown. Is that what's kind of gone on, or has that always been a pretty vibrant area? Yeah, no, that was about the time that everything downtown started to really pick up, and uh, it all became a little bit more modern. There were a lot of new businesses that opened up down there. But, no, downtown is really cool and has gotten a lot more fun over the years and a lot more vibrant, like you were saying. But, yeah, you know, that's home for me. It's, uh, It's what I've always known. So I'm stoked to go back there and cover this thing because, like I said, Last time I covered the College World Series as a mere intern, I did not know when I was going to get the chance to cover that thing again because right. at that point in time, it didn't look like Oklahoma was getting back there anytime soon. Of course, then they caught lightning in a bottle in 2020. That team I probably know. would have gone to Omaha, man. That was a very good baseball team. I thought about asking Toby that this morning because he had mentioned something about the 2020 team and – I was going to ask like if if that team was better than this one cuz they only played a handful of games, right? They played 18, I want to say. They were 18. 14 and 4 before COVID hit. I and mean, they had beat some good teams, went yeah, down and beat had. LSU and they were really good. Beat Arkansas? Now, their their pitching I think was definitely better, but I don't know if they had the offense that this team has right no, now. No, this offense is outstanding. Right. Uh, this offense, the, the offense they had in 2020 pales in comparison to this one because which you know I don't think 
I don't think anyone would have predicted coming into this season that the offense would, would be rolling like they are right now. They just they improved and got better and better, and they're red hot. Man, no one would have predicted any of this because you not only look at the offense but the pitching staff as well. This was not a team that, to the naked eye, heading into 2022, you would have figured, okay, yeah, they'll be in Omaha at the end of the season, or yeah, they'll have a good chance to be in Omaha at the end of the season. And we talk a lot about the expectations that this team entered the season with, but those expectations were pretty reasonable given what we knew of this team. Weren't they picked, like, bottom half of the Big 12, right? Yeah, they they were picked to finish sixth. Yeah. And they didn't even reach 500 last year. That's what's wild, is that they went from the high in 2020 – or that team probably would have gone to Omaha if they'd played out a full season. They lost two position players and their top three pitchers all within the first five rounds of the MLB draft. So they had to reload. 2021 was a down year. And I can remember a time, Teddy, as recently as March, where there were folks saying that, oh, you needed to move on from Skip Johnson. And what a job he has done. And he's a pitching guru. You've seen... Every every move he's made, every string he's pulled with this pitching staff has worked out flawlessly. Kate Horton has been phenomenal down the stretch for this team because for the longest time you really only had two firmly entrenched starters at the top of the rotation in David Sandlin and Jake Bennett. And you wondered, okay, who's guy number three going to be? Because if you want to make a deep run, you got to have guy number three. Cade Horton has emerged as that guy. Yeah, He was as fantastic as ever yesterday. And when you got a guy like Trevin Michael coming out of the bullpen, pumping heat at 96 miles per hour and snapping off the breaking ball that he's got in the chamber, this is a dangerous team if everything lines up correctly for them in Omaha and they're able to build some early momentum, particularly offensively. It's crazy. I don't know. I was trying to find some of the the numbers, um, and I'm sure someone has them, but – I. I don't have it offhand. Kendall Pettis in the postseason has been unbelievable. Getting on base, scoring runs, defense. He's been amazing. And what he's like their nine hole hitter, which is crazy. Exactly. Man. Well he had two he had two home runs all year heading into the postseason. And he hit two in the Gainesville regional alone. And another one yesterday in that series clinching win over Virginia Tech. There may not be a better player in college baseball right now than Peyton Graham, all right. things considered. Right. Tanner yep. Treadaway had four extra base hits. And you 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 rewind to 2020. I don't think anybody had their individual season derailed as abruptly and as significantly as Tanner Treadaway because he was making an all-American case for himself. I yep. think through 18 games he was hitting like 450 just could not miss the ball, was making an impact defensively, was stealing bases. Between Treadaway here in 2022 and Peyton Graham, the Sooners are going to have two of the best players in this entire tournament, regardless of how the rest of the field shakes out. Since, here, here it is with Kendall Pettis. Since May 13th, so that's the last 17 games, and this may have been before – this is the game notes for the Virginia – so this is probably before Virginia Tech. Okay. Uh, before the Super Regional, um, I just scrolled off of it. He is uh, he's batting three ninety one, two doubles, two home runs, eleven RBIs, eighteen runs scored. It's he's got a, a five twenty five on base percentage. 
He's been he's been nine walks, hit by pitch four times, stolen six bases. It's incredible what he's gone gone through in in the postseason. And I they are they're feeling it. They 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 approach each game and, and you know the postseason has drug on long enough now to where you start to it, you don't feel like it's a fluky, you know. And I know that things come and go in streaks. There's you know, all, all things come to an end, but man, I, I'd be shocked if they didn't show up and, and hit the ball really well, run the bases really well, defend really well. And this was always a team when you looked at the kind of ball they were playing going into the postseason, right? You figured if they can just get to Omaha, they can make some serious noise. Yeah. The road there was tough. It was a really tough road because you had to go through Florida and their regional. Gainesville is always a tough draw for opponents. Which, by the you, way, you, you mentioned bouncing back. I think, wasn't it Cade Horton that got shelled against Florida in the second game? The one they lost? Yes, yes it was. He, get, he got, they were blistering the ball on him. He got pulled, we got, we got beat, you know, and his next start, he comes out and dominates. Or was, it might have been David Sandlin. I'm pretty sure it's Cade Horton, okay. but I could be wrong. Regardless, on that. Uh, yeah, Horton has come up big for OU in this postseason, one way or another. But you, you look at the road that they've taken, Teddy. Florida's such a hard team to go through in the postseason, in particular. Virginia Tech was the number four team in the country. They had never been to Omaha, but there was really no doubt in anyone's minds that this was the best team that the Hokies had ever fielded. Yeah, the Sooners had to go win a super regional in Blacksburg. They did it. Now they don't have to deal with home field advantage. And in fact, home field advantage might actually work in their favor to a certain degree, Teddy, because there will be a lot of OU fans that make this trip. Yeah. Yeah, I think there will be. Um, you're right. It Playing at Gainesville and then Virginia Tech, which I listened to, I listened to pieces of the games – and then I got to watch pieces of the games because of where I was like in and out. And but Virginia's Virginia Tech's head coach, he's a piece of work, man. <laughs> he's he also has a ridiculous amount of consonants in his last name, John Chef. Yeah, but it's spelled, it's spelled S Z E F C. That was one, like, because I was watching, because we were actually doing, I was doing radio on Friday. I was doing my show with Steely while the first game of the Super Regional was happening. So I'm watching the game on mute, and they bring up his Chiron, right? They bring up his lower third with all his right. credentials. And I'm like, I legitimately have no idea how to pronounce that name. I don't know if it's, like, Russian or... Yugoslavian or whatever it is, but I get the feeling like that's one of those where uh, someone immigrated and whenever they were trying to write their name down, they didn't know how to write it in English and just put something down, and oh, that stuck, right? Th that's exactly what happened with my family. <laughs> right. My family's Norwegian. They came over in 1906. My last name could be could be uh, Yelsvik, Teddy, <laughs> but they're just like, no, Thune. We'll just go with that. That's easier. One syllable, very spittable. It should be uh, Thunson or something like that, right? Isn't that what? You, shouldn't you have a, a son at the end of your name? I don't. What What was the uh, rationale behind tacking on son to the ends of those? Well, names? it's like, like 
I guess th- that was Iceland, but I thought it was in like the Scandinavian countries too. So like, y- your name is Parker. Sure. If you have a son, his name would be Chad Parkerson. Interesting. And then his son would be Danny Chadson. So and, there's so there's no family name. Basically, the first names roll right. over into a last name, and that's why the girls are all daughter, like David's daughter or Joseph's daughter. Oh, okay, okay. I'm tracking. And it's spelled D O T T I R. Yes, this is all starting to make sense. Yeah. I did not know any of this. This is enlightening. Well, I know it's definitely they still do it in Iceland, and I th- I thought the the Scandinavian countries did it that way still, but who knows. We're way off track. We're on to uh, Icelandic <laughs> names uh, from starting off with the Counting Crows I at Omaha. It. you got to love uh, Sports Talk Radio. Okay, we have to hit a break, and we will get to text messages next. 651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions. Text line, stay tuned. I love watching you do air guitar or air drums or whatever air instrument is your instrument of choice, Teddy. It's my favorite thing about doing radio with you. What is this song? I don't know, dude. It's just, I basically what happens. It feels is, like summer in baseball, right? Is that what this is? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Basically, like I have a certain library of songs that I'll just pick from based on the vibe of the day, and so I like whatever it. comes out comes out. I like it. I I don't know if it's that my son is seven years old and playing baseball, but. I have I've started following it more. I watch it on TV more. Um, it's probably because I'm out playing catch and air quotes coaching some. But I'm I I'm liking baseball, man. I'm I have regrets of not playing it longer. I think I quit too early. How when did you quit? Like uh, going into high school baseball. Okay. Okay, I got you. I was I was ready for other stuff. I feel you. Um, but that was I, why I quit everything but baseball. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was just I was so eaten up with football. I I loved everything about football. I loved playing it. I loved that the off season consisted of trying to get stronger and faster, which is all that I ever cared to do. It just fit me so much better but you know and my dad was a great baseball player and I know he was probably upset whenever I uh, I quit playing and it's a regret man play everything that you can now it's not like I just focused on football I still played I played soccer all the way through high school except for my senior year ran track wrestled I did I did a little bit of everything but should have hung on to baseball a little bit longer Kendall on the text line says, baseball is awesome. I played 15 years of baseball. There you go. Yeah, so did I. It is. And I think you have to, well, maybe not. I think with me, as I've grown older, because it's it's played at a little bit different pace. You know, it's a, it's a, you know, it, it, there's, there's more subtlety to it and, I I really didn't gain the appreciation at an early age for it. I wanted to go go go. I wanted action. I wanted I wanted like physicality. So probably didn't have the respect for it I should have at an early age. 
from the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Cool. Didn't know I was almost old enough to be Parker's <laughs> mom. Thanks for making me feel old on this Monday. Yeah. I wonder how long my age is going to do this to people. Because, like, here's the thing. I'm 23 now, Teddy. Yeah. And, again, you talk about the book being only so thick for me. Mm-hmm. But, like, I finally am starting to get to the point where I feel like, okay, I'm not that much younger than everybody else. You know what? It, it's it's going to go really slow. You're going to be – and you're in an industry that's really made up by a bunch of older people, you know, which I guess every – most industries like that whenever you, you first start off. Um, but it happens – you won't even realize it's happened until it's like all of a sudden it's like, whoa, I'm 30. What like it happened to Tyler? Tyler made fun of me nonstop about how old I was, and then the next thing he knows, he's turned thirty. He's married. It's like, dude, what happened to you? You're going to bed at ten o'clock every night instead of fireballing your way till three a.m. Is that what happens when you get married? Because like, obviously, I'm at the age where all my friends are starting to get married. I'm a little bit behind the curve in this regard, but Mm -hmm. like all of my buddies from college are starting to get married, and I'll be like, I'll hit them up at like nine thirty. And be like, hey, you want to go get an ice cream cone or something? They're like, no, sorry, already in bed. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Pretty much. It, wait until they start to have kids. Oh, boy. That's whenever it's definitely over. Like, the, whenever you get married, being spontaneous is way more difficult. But when you have kids, being spontaneous is totally eliminated. Like, hey, I'm covering this event out in Vegas, uh, three days, probably have some time to go, you know, hang out and see Vegas a little bit. You want to go? There's not a chance in hell any of your <laughs> friends that are married are going to be able to pull that off. I'll just tell you that right now, okay? Oh, man. So you can say goodbye to anything like that happening. Yeah. I, it's, it's to the point where, like, I, I, I am starting to miss being in college because, you know, there's nothing quite like living 100 yards away from all your friends. Oh, yeah. Right? That's right. Back to the text line. Hey, guys. I'm listening to y'all from the island of Curacao on the KREF app. Been here a week. Can you catch me up on recruiting? Yes, we will dive into that. Uh, we're going to need to go in detail on that at some point in the show. Uh, but we will do all of the uh, recruiting scoopage coming out of the weekend. Well, hang on a second. Curacao? Where is that? Curacao is in the Caribbean. Okay. Yes. All right. So, I... I can't is it its own it's, country? I don't think it's its own country. I think it's like Dutch, if I remember correctly. Huh. I don't know. All I those... know there's some random islands there where you get vacationers from random places. Like How random are we talking here? Well, I guess it's not totally random. Like If you go to um, uh, like the Cayman Islands, you get a lot of like British people there. You go to uh, a different island, you may get a bunch of, like, uh, what do you say? What you say? Did you say Denmark? Yeah, Dutch. Yeah, you, yeah it's, it's just weird and random, but I don't know. OU softball just landed Alex Storacco from Michigan, as Pottstown Sooner points out on the text line. Next year's pitching staff just became even more elite. So there's your one-for-one one replacement for Hope Troutwine yeah. going into next season. I don't know much about... Uh, this pitcher from Michigan, but I know that Coach Patty Gasso, uh, Gasso, uh, Curacao, Curacao, Gasso, and Gasso yeah, kind whatever. of intersected there. Um, 
I'm sure I'm sure the phone calls came in hard and heavy once the uh, the transfer portal opened up, right? Um, so she can be very very selective on on who she want to bring in, and you'd expect to have a Jordy Ball back 100% healthy, and they got the number one pitcher in the country coming in as well, right? As a recruit, so that's right, Kirsten Deal out of North Carolina. I you got a ball and you got a deal. You got and, and what's you got the some new awesome one? names too. What, what was the, Alex Storacco. Storacco. Yeah. They've got it rolling and I honestly and I know you're going to you're lo- you're losing the all-time home run leader in in Jocelyn Allo, but I feel like they're going to be maybe better next year as good. And my big question is how long is Jocelyn Allo the all-time home run leader? Because I think T.R.A. Jennings could very seriously make a push to break that record. Here's the thing, and I've, I've, I've talked with Tyler because I think she's ahead of the curve where Jocelyn Allo was, right? Yes. But Jocelyn also got the COVID year where I think she hit like eight home runs before the season was canceled. And those eight home runs counted. So, like, that's – that's big time to get an extra little bonus in there that goes towards your total that you're not going to get from anyone else. I don't think T.R.A. Jennings hit any that year, right? Because she was just a freshman last year. Yes, she wasn't even on the team yet. So that little extra benefit that she had could could help keep her on top for a while. But T.R.A. Jennings is really good. Yes, she is. Back to the text line. I need some breaking college football news more than ever. I don't know how much longer I can listen to baseball talk. It's tough, isn't it? It's tough. But here's the thing, man. I get it. I understand. But I encourage you to embrace the moment with OU being in the College World Series. It's been, what, 12 years since they've been. It's been uh, more years than Parker's been alive since they've won the thing. Uh, You can can enjoy 10 days or so here of – I guess it'll be a little bit more than that if if they hang around for a while. We're not gonna we're not gonna just flood you with with baseball talk, but enjoy it, enjoy it while it lasts. Get into it; it's fun. And uh, like I said, you never know whenever it's gonna happen again. And you know, I I think this is just the boost they need before they go to the SEC. This is gonna help skip out a lot. By the way, one more before we hit a break here. Mike in Springfield says, been there, it's Dutch, and it's just off the coast of Venezuela. Yes, my Dutch intuition was correct. I have never been to Curacao, so that was a shot in the dark. But You nailed it. You nailed it. Hmm. Just off the coast of Venezuela. Hmm. Fantastic. Um, Now, I saw a text message earlier saying, how would I rate my vacation? I think in the three when we come out in the three o'clock hour, I think I'll get into some vacation talk because I've got some uh, I've got some opinions on the matter about Disney World. Okay, have you ever been to Disney I've World? I've never been to Disney. So okay, you'll need I'll, to hear this. I'll then. be I'll be entertained. Disney World vacation talk going to come up at uh, the three o'clock hour whenever we come out of the break because there's some things that we need to discuss. All right. Oh boy. We need to discuss. This sounds, this sounds intense. It's intense. All right. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up our number one next. Stay with us. From the text line on the topic of singleness, Teddy. <laughs> While I am almost old enough to be Parker's mom, I am the only single person in my friend group 
and half of them have kids. So I can relate with Parker in that respect. Yeah, there you go. Good, be see, see, the good news for me is I have a real tight nucleus of friends, and all of them well, all, all of them are either married or about to be married, but they're all like, no, I'm not having kids for like another five years. Where'd you meet now, these friends? Oh, in college. Okay. It's where I met all my best friends yeah. was in college. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. You, especially, you went to college a long way from where you went to high school, and you kind of, you got to, got to separate. It's almost starting all the way over, and I'm sure you got to go home from time to time and see your buddies from high school, but... Yeah, it's it's uh it's interesting how you kind of jump around and like the next jump will be like if you get married like you'll merge your friends with ever whoever your girlfriend <laughs> or fiance or wife if that happens and you'll have a new group of friends and it'll be harder to keep up with your college friends. It's just that's the way life goes. It's interesting. But um, the relationships you make in college do seem to really last forever. There's no doubt about that. All right, quick timeout. We'll come back with our number two special edition. We're doing four hours of the rush today. Keep the text coming, 651 3439.